Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. So Dominique, you had some things that you wanted to talk about. So why don't you jump right in and let's begin. Sure. So Alex, you know, from time to time, we get emails from podcast listeners and we received one that I thought was very interesting and frankly touching too. Following our recent episode that was titled, What Does Choice Look Like? This was episode uh, 117, if anybody's interested in listening to it. So this email was from one of our uh, California listeners who had to evacuate because of the fires last August. Yes. And she had to evacuate with two horses, three dogs, and her 13-year-old son. And she felt that choice, which was the subject of that episode, was possibly a contributing factor to the survival of her horses during that evacuation. And at the end of her email, she asks an interesting question about the emergency situations where choice is not an option. But first, let me just describe the situation that she had to go through because, you know, we've, we've seen so many horror images and I thought it was uh, quite uh, disturbing. Oh, it, was, it was just a horrific ordeal that she went through. She did. It was pretty extreme. So she had just recently acquired two horses, one of them a young mare who came to her home at the end of June. So between the horse's arrival and the escape from the fire, there were scarcely eight weeks. And on the night of the fire, they were given 10 minutes notice, which was too late to approach the horse trailer that was hitched, ready to go, but parked too far to reach. So She mentions that when she got to the barn to pick up the horses, both horses were standing by the gate, ready to give her their full attention, which of course is typical of our clicker-trained horses. Yes. But can you imagine having to go fetch a horse that doesn't want to be catch in a situation like this? So already, I think this was a good point for her. Yes. Then... So the evacuation started, her son started down the road leading the two mares on foot, and she followed behind them in the car with the hazard lights blinking. Right, and, I, and it was at night. Yeah, because uh, the hazard would allow to slow down the traffic of evacuating cars and emergency vehicles. Right. And so the fire was, you know, roared above them on the ridge. The air was thick with smoke. The temperature was over 105 degrees Fahrenheit. And there were frequent loud bangs created by exploding propane tanks. So you can imagine these pictures. Two and a half hours and five miles later, they found shelter. The arena where they found shelter, filled with more neighbors, horses, a herd of sheep, they all survived. During the following days, she became aware of how incredibly lucky they were because one of her neighbor who led her horses on foot had to turn them loose because they became unmanageable and two of them were hit by evacuating cars and had to be euthanized. So she feels that one thing that may have helped prepare her young mare for that five mile walk of horror 
has to do with choice, which is what we discussed in that episode. So some of that mayor's choices during those eight weeks prior to the evacuation were to be washed or not, to be flight sprayed or not, to eat in a stall or from a feeder in the yard, and of course, to be trained or not. And uh, she said it was important to her that her mayor opted in training. And she says that during those eight weeks prior to evacuation, that young mayor began to initiate interactions or asked to be trained, if you like, which again is something we see all the time in our clicker-trained horses. So at the end of the email, she asks about situations in which it's not possible to give choice, such as this emergency situation, obviously. So she asks, what does no choice look like? to distinct it from choice in order to maintain clarity and sustain trust? So I thought that was an interesting question. You know, we do want to give choice and um, as much as we can, but sometimes it may not be possible. Certainly in this situation, you know, they couldn't give a lot of choice. I mean, they had right. to evacuate. And this is something that we addressed in one of our webinars with Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz. It's a webinar that we titled uh, Race Criteria, Not Frustration. It was recorded on July 29, 2018, but it's still very much relevant. And, and we also discussed it in our webinar with Ken Ramirez. We did. We did yes. both those uh, webinars. We discussed that. And Jesus, in this webinar, he addresses this question about what to do in an emergency situations. He says that in an emergency situation, if you attach the emergency procedure to conditions which will not be present the rest of the time, then that should preserve clarity and trust. In other words, give warning that this will be a no choice procedure. As an example, and you'll recognize Jesus's sense of humor, he <laughs> says, well, wear a Spider-Man costume <laughs> and do the procedure. But I, I think that this opens up so much training possibilities because, you know, when you start to think that you can attach certain behaviors to certain specific environments, you can also detach a behavior from a certain environment, which is yes. what we do in the poison queue, for example. You know, and in the webinar, he, he um, this, this attaching and detaching, he gives the example of, let's say you're teaching grown-ups are talking in your arena, and all of a sudden there's a big noise, and you don't want to create an accidental chain, chain. so there's the big noise, the horse lifts his head, let's say, or spooks out, and he's all stressed out, and then you know, do, what do you do? Do you, do you feed him? Do you reinforce him when he comes back down? Have you created a chain now? Is everything attached? All this emotionality is now attached with that behavior, with that environment. So I think it's, um, it's an interesting topic to think about. This possibility of attaching behaviors uh, to environment. And because we, sometimes we just look at you know, the behavior as if it were something separate from everything else. Yeah, yeah, that it exists sort of apart from the environment. That's right. Which behavior does not. It doesn't. Yeah, 
and it's it's so interesting always to see how much impact the environment and different conditions have on the behaviors that we present and we certainly know that in our own lives so be good examples of that you're busy working and maybe you're working outside and you're spending the day and you're doing all kinds of cleanup and you've been working all day and by the way you forgot to have breakfast and you forgot to have lunch and but you're not hungry because this is not an environment in which you eat right and so you're not hungry you're not aware that you're hungry you're just enjoying being out in the beautiful fall weather and then you go inside and immediately you're starving because you're in the environment in which you would normally be fixing a meal. Yeah. And we've all had if, you know, things like that occurring when you think about the flow of your day, how you can be very focused on one activity in one setting, one part of the day, and not be thinking about what you're going to be uh, having for dinner or you know whatever it is. And you change the environment and the next habit pattern sequence kicks into full gear. And and that's really what we're talking about here. So I was thinking about, as you were saying, this uh, situation right now that someone I know is going through with her horse who needs to be treated for thrush, and he's struggling a bit. She's apparently, it's, it, the thrush got really bad during the lockdown when she wasn't able to visit the barn. So he wasn't getting the foot care that, that she would normally have been able to give him. This is a boarding All barn. Season, I mean, yeah. yeah, but it also was, it was also a boarding barn situation where she could not, she couldn't visit him for 12 weeks. Right. So you can imagine, you know, for some horses that not having your feet taken care of properly for 12 weeks, there's gonna be fallout from that and she's yeah. dealing with the fallout. And so he's not cooperating with the foot care. And she's feeling really frustrated because she wants to get the medication in. Yeah. And he wants to have his foot on the ground. So one of the suggestions that I made for her was a reteaching of the foot care where she gives a, a terminating behavior. You know, because she sent me a video and she's using the hoof pick, using the hoof pick, using the hoof pick. The horse pulls back and now it's a mess. But if she had used the hoof pick, used the hoof pick, taken the hoof pick to stillness on the bottom of his foot to say, I'm I'm all done. Yeah. So very much that, exp that uh, portal demo that Mary Hunter shows that's just so brilliant of you, you're going to keep doing this behavior until I present this other behavior. And, and so you know that there's a beginning and an end. Mm -hmm. And if people aren't sure what we're talking about, we can send them to behaviorexplorer.com. I think it's .org, and go to the explorations and the one on duration, uh, and you'll see just a brilliant, brilliant explanation of how two behaviors paired together can help you to build duration. It's a great video, yeah, because it's, it's a great way to teach duration, oh, you know, instead right. of just, what am I waiting for here? 
Yeah. Should I be throwing more behaviors at yeah. you? You're not clicking. Is there something else that you want me to do? Did you want me to, to tap dance? I can tap dance. <laughs> it's like, no, I just want you to hold your foot up. Tap dancing is not what I need right now. It so brings a lot of clarity to, yeah, the, yeah. to the duration. It's just, you just do this until the end behavior. Yep. And it seemed like such a perfect place to employ that, that tactic. But it's not something that you, you're going to instantly be able to say, okay, this is how we're now going to work, Horace, and you're going to understand it instantly. So my suggestion to her was build this somewhere other than where you've been treating his feet. Change the environment. Yeah, and also, I mean, she needs to, because in this, in this, uh, in this webinar, we talk about this, you know, that you need to go back to a part of the chain that was clean and recover from there. Yes. So even if she uses the end behavior, if she's too greedy and he pulls, he pulls his leg away, well, you know, she'll be practicing something she doesn't want. She, so she needs to go back to a place where he's saying, yes, I can do that. So mm -hmm. It may even be that to be, she has to reteach actually foot foot like handling. Yeah. She may have to go back to that. Maybe she needs to go back to just target your knee on my, in the palm of my hand. Right. And get, you know, a, a lot of yes answers there. And from there, start to take the hoof in her hand. And then from there, maybe she can start to do the end behavior. But and of course, the frustration with that is when you there's, feel you when have there's a, to do it right when there's a medical reason i know that's the worst that's the hard part which is what uh ken talked about in his webinar on husbandry because that was one of the questions that i asked him so you know so what happens when you don't you haven't yet had the time to fully train and fully prepare your animal for a particular procedure what do you do? And as I, I think we'll have to go listen to the webinar to, to hear an accurate description of what Ken says. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what Ken's response was, but it has been a while since I've listened to the webinar, and I wouldn't want to misquote him. Well, but we can essentially talk about it in, in a future episode, yeah. though, just, just to give a little bit of sneak peek to people. But I, I don't want to go too, too far, though, from, because there's there's also some avenues for solutions in this webinar that I'm talking about. And okay. by the way, all the, the webinars that we're talking about are still in the Equiosity store. You can still find them there. So, yeah, well, you know, because this thing about detaching behavior from certain environment, I think, you know, one of the brilliance of this webinar, and it was something at the time I had never heard of, was that he came up with this idea of a new quadrant, a quadrant of stimulus control. Ah, yes. You remember this? Yes. It was really great. I mean, he looks at the ABC unit, antecedent behavior consequence unit, and he describes how learning is affected depending on which part of the unit will vary. Is there a change in the antecedents? Or are you changing the behavior, otherwise known as raising criteria? Or are you changing the consequences? And 
In some of the quadrants, you may be changing only one element, and in other quadrants, you may be changing more than one element during your training session. So do you remember that? That was, yes. oh, it was yes. great, great, great. Yep. So it's, it's something that, and it was, of course, the webinars are for if you like to really go deeper and if you like, you know, all the science behind your training, it's, I think they're, they're a good place to learn. And I'd like to perhaps in uh, next week's episode, go just give people an idea of all those four quadrants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. And then we can maybe come back to those emergency situations yeah. and those no, no choice procedure. Yes. Because this was certainly, this was a central focus of our science camp as well. And it's been a really central focus of Jesus's work and it's very powerful. So it's definitely worth exploring. Yeah. And you know, it, it, of course, it'll come back to things like loopy training because you yes. know, that's just how you succeed is you always have to go back to a clean loop and you recover from a clean loop. But I think being aware of the part of the environment, of, of the variations of all these three elements and, and how uh, related they are. And in this webinar, the, the, the one called um, Race Criteria, Not Frustration, at the end of the webinar, Susan Friedman, who was a participant in the webinar, joined the conversation. Oh, I don't remember that at all. She did. And so she added Erlites to your, her way of articulating all this. Oh. And it was really good. So maybe we can talk about it some more next week. Yes, that would be grand. In 2018, to help launch our Equosity podcast, we did a series of webinars. Our guests included Dr. Jesus Rosales-Ruiz, Dr. Susan Friedman, and Kendra Maris. We had fabulous conversations with each of them, which is, of course, what you would expect because they are such superstars in our clicker training community. As Dominique indicated, you can access these webinars via our website, equaocity.com. And this month, we're offering a discount on these webinars. You can get them for 25% off their regular price. That makes it a great time to get these webinars, but there's a bit more to it than that. Not only are we giving you a discount on the price, but we're also donating a portion of the proceeds that we make in over this coming month to an animal rescue that is helping with the West Coast fire victims. So please help us to help them by going to equosity.com and ordering the webinars. We have five webinars with Dr. Jesus Rosales-Ruiz, one with Dr. Susan Friedman, and another great webinar on husbandry that we did with Ken Ramirez. This promotion will run through October 31st, and again, you'll get a discount on all the webinars, and we'll also be donating a portion to the horse rescue. So do take a look at our website equaocity.com. And October in the U.S., it's an exciting month. We're in the home stretch of the presidential election. And I have to say, our votes really do matter. So I really do hope you vote. And, and I hope that while you're making your choices up and down the ballot, that you'll make clim the climate change crisis 
one of the issues that weighs heavily in your decision. But that's enough politics. I know many of you don't want to hear anything about the campaigns, and you certainly don't want to hear it here on a podcast about horses. So I know you need a distraction from the news. And if that's the case, you can order the webinars, put on your headphones, and immerse yourself in one of these great conversations. So again, go to the store section in our website, equosity.com, and stay well. And next week, we'll continue the conversation. Mm -hmm.